Treasure cream sounds good, huh? What's that? Uh, it's cream and it's, uh, it's Irish. Hurry up and order! Excuse me. Thank you. Um, how about a smoothie? What's in that? Smoothie's a juice drink. We want coffee. Buddy, relax. No, you relax. I'm a regular here. This line needs to move. I beg your pardon. Do you have scones? Tall, non-fat, double latte. Sir, you're at the back of the line. I recognize that. Cut it out or you're out of here. You can't kick me out. You know what? You're, you're really invading my ear space. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. Do you have a card? Do you have a card? No, I don't Does have a card. Does anyone here have a card? We don't have frequent drinker cards. That's a video club card. Ah! Zip it there, Sporty Spice! Are we doing this? Oh. Is this happening now? Yep. Yeah. Sir, great. I'd let's love do to. it. You're hurting me! You're hurting me! What is wrong with you, Derek? I thought we were friends! My name is Andy! Your name is Liar, because you're telling lies! You know what? The odds are I will never come back here again! There's a good chance of that! That's a chance we'll have to take! Okay! That's how you want to play it! Okay! I am disappointed! But... Hey, and welcome to the Boise Coffee Podcast, episode three. It is the week of July 20th, and I'm your host, Colin Mansfield. This podcast is about all things coffee, discussion, reviews, news, and ultimately I want to give you guys some brew recipes, brew methods, and turn it into a discussion, hear back from you. So if you want to catch up on the last two episodes, you can subscribe on iTunes, you can listen on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. The Boise Coffee Podcast is there. Additionally, you can continue the discussion on my blog, boisecoffee.org. Feel free to comment on any of the posts related to the podcast or any posts in general, and I will get back to you. We're going to start off the podcast today with some news. So there are basically two headlining articles this week in Coffee News, neither of which actually surprised me very much, and it's because I don't think either of them are very time-sensitive. They're both things that have been ongoing, one of which is that uh, Civet Cat Poop Coffee, also known as Kopi Luwak Coffee, which is the world's most expensive, has been brewing up animal rights controversies. And um, this isn't a surprise in Indonesia and uh, some other parts of the world, Civet cat poop or cat shit coffee has been brewed for years now, um, but it because it's become so popular, a lot of people in these countries will catch these cats and force feed them coffee beans in order to roast them and develop Kopi Luwak, which if you don't know the whole process that goes into making Kopi Luwak, I'm going to let you Google that one because it's kind of gross, but it is interesting nonetheless that uh, that this is a market that has been created. However, because these cats are now being unnaturally put into cages and force-fed coffee beans, it's, it's kind of turned into a controversy. The other big thing in coffee right now is there's a specific kind of beetle that has been wiping out coffee crops and uh, cutting into the market quite a bit. This beetle poses a threat because it can handle the equivalent of about 500 shots of espresso for a 150-pound human. 
this beetle can handle that much caffeine. So it's been cutting into coffee crops. And um, CNET has an article about the beetle that I will drop in the blog post for this. All right, so the scene that I led with in the podcast was a movie scene from the movie Kicking and Screaming, starring Will Ferrell. And it's a pretty funny movie, actually. Will Ferrell's character is is pretty good in that movie. But that scene kind of demonstrates the reason why you might want to do what I'm talking about today. And it is only one reason. So, today we're going to be talking about homebrewing. I'm going to get a little bit into the weeds on this podcast. So for those of you that... Uh, may be more comfortable just going to a coffee shop, whether it's your coffee shop down the road or a big name coffee shop. This podcast might be a little less relevant to you. However, as I've said in previous podcasts, I would encourage you to go get outside of your comfort zone and try home brewing if you don't brew at home already. In that scene that you heard with Will Ferrell, as you can see, he gets a little bit uh, a little bit short with the lady there at the end. And is frustrated because he has to stand in line, he has to wait for all these other people to order, and it's the quintessential, you know, oh, what kind of smoothies do you have? And he's just trying to get in and out. So I think to some extent we can all identify with what Will Ferrell's going through in that particular experience, but there are other very good reasons to brew coffee at home. One of which is time, not having to go to uh, a coffee shop down the road or not having to go through a drive through and instead brewing at home can save you heaps of time, but also money. And I'm not going to get so into the money on this podcast. However, you can go look on my blog, and I've got a couple articles about uh, how brewing at home can save you money, particularly if you're going to go to someplace like like Starbucks or like uh, you know Seattle's Best or these kinds of sh- coffee shops that you're going to you know spend 3 to $4 on a cup of coffee when for a fraction of the cost you can make a cup at home. Now, I'm going to start off with some limitations to home brewing. So, obviously, I know that if you're the type of person that prefers a caramel macchiato or a caramel frappuccino or pretty much any specific kind of sweet drink, you may not be able to get the end result by brewing at home. And if you do, you may have to buy some pretty intense coffee gear in order to get there, like an espresso machine or a pseudo espresso machine, some syrups, etc. So the type of home brewing that I'm talking about here is drip coffee. Now, drip coffee, as I explained in the first, the first episode of the Boise Coffee podcast, drip coffee is basically what we know and love when it comes to brewing coffee at home, which is your coffee pot, right? That's sort of the quintessential brew at home station when it comes to making coffee. Now, the coffee pot automates a lot of things. But you can actually take that same kind of idea of brewing coffee using hot water poured over a bed of coffee grounds, strained through a paper filter, and then caught in your mug or a carafe below. You can take that same sort of experience and manually do every step, and you're actually going to get a much better cup of coffee than you would with a drip machine. And there are several reasons. Today I'm talking about home brewing, I'm talking about drip coffee, and specifically I'm talking about manual drip coffee. And I'm getting so specific with this because there are many different ways to make coffee. So I want to let you know exactly what I'm talking about here. If you're familiar with coffee, you're probably familiar with pour-over coffee. You probably have had a cup of pour-over or manual drip or they may call it something else at your local coffee shop. But essentially it it is what you the the same kind of consistency and and overall 
kind of coffee that you're going to get from a coffee machine um, or from a drip machine, but you're manually doing every step. Now, with a lot of things in life, you can take shortcuts, right? You can do, you can spend a little bit less money and get away with buying something that's not quite as good. In coffee, it's the same way. There are some things, some gear that you can buy and sort of get away with using something a little bit cheaper. However, there are other parts of making coffee at home that I would say it's worth it's worth spending a little bit more money. Now, when it comes to brewing coffee at home, there are five basic things that you're going to need. The first one, these are in order of importance. The first one is a coffee grinder. There are two basic kinds of coffee grinders. There are blade grinders, which are usually sold at kitchen stores or online a lot of times. They'll be the cheapest kind of grinders. And burr grinders. Burr grinders typically use ceramic or metal burrs to evenly grind the coffee, whereas blade grinders are a little bit more chaotic and hard to control. Now the analogy I like to use with this is a stew. So let's say you're going to make a stew and you're going to put carrots in the stew, right? You've got a cutting board and you've got a knife. So let's say you take a long carrot, you put it down on the cutting board, and right before you go to cut that carrot, you put a blindfold on. And then you just start cutting it, right? Now, if you cut that carrot with a blindfold on and you just sort of start hacking wildly at it, you're going to get a lot of pieces that are big and a lot of pieces that are small, a lot of pieces that are medium. It's going to be a huge variety of different sized pieces of carrot. And as a result, if you put that in your stew, some of those pieces of carrot are going to be really, really mushy and overcooked in the end result. And some of them are going to be really undercooked. The large pieces are going to be really undercooked and, and hard. And then there may be a couple that are going to be right in the middle and, and might be perfect, but overall, you're not going to get the product you want, right? Now, if you take that blindfold off, of course, you're going to be able to evenly chop those that carrot into pieces that are the right size for your particular stew and for how long you want to cook it. Same principle applies to coffee. Blade grinders are essentially putting a blindfold on your coffee grinder. Now, they're just spinning blades that kind of chop the coffee. Whatever, whatever piece of coffee is closest to the blade, you know, as it spins around, it just sort of chops it up. What this does is it, it doesn't evenly, evenly grind your coffee. So you're going to get some pieces that are really big, and then you're going to get some coffee dust that dissolves really quickly in water. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more uh, probably in a future podcast episode, but what that's going to get you if, you if you brew with that coffee, you're going to over-extract that coffee, and that's because of that coffee dust. It's going to be over-extracted, which uh, in layman's terms means it's going to be pretty bitter. The end result is going to be coffee that is more bitter than perhaps what the uh, roast of the coffee would normally taste like. Burr grinders uses gravity and ceramic burrs that you can think of kind of like little gears that evenly mash the coffee beans into a grind size that is consistent that then falls into a container below. Burr grinder or blade grinder, you want to get a burr grinder. Now underneath that there are manual burr grinders and electric burr grinders and I will just say this, what you pay for is what you get when it comes to a burr grinder. So there are great manual burr grinders out there that take forever to spin your hand around and around and around to get that final amount of coffee for one cup. Now there are also hand burr grinders that are really, really expensive that you would think, why, why is this still manual? But it's really easy to spin it and get just and get the right amount of coffee or the right amount of ground coffee for your end result cup. And the same goes for electric. There are good electric burr grinders and bad ones. And overall, 
I would say that the amount of money you spend is going to more or less correlate to the quality of cup you're going to receive. That's not true with everything in coffee, but it is true with a grinder. The second thing you're going to want to need, so the first thing is a coffee grinder. The second thing you're going to want to need to brew coffee at home are quality beans. If you have everything perfect, but you have really bad coffee beans, obviously they're not going to taste very good. So you want quality coffee beans, and this is where I would stress it's important to buy coffee from somebody you know and trust, whether that's a local coffee shop or uh, a favorite coffee place that does an online distribution platform or whatever you want, but something that is trustworthy and that is going to give you a consistently good product. And the main thing here is freshness, right? Coffee that is freshly roasted in whole bean form lasts for about three to four weeks before it starts going stale, before it starts losing the tastes that make it unique. Now, when you grind coffee, when you grind coffee beans, that goes that shelf life goes down to about three to four days. So you want to get whole bean coffee. You want to keep it in a dark, cool place, whether that's a cupboard or underneath your pantry or whatever it is. Then you want to grind that coffee right before you use it so that you don't have a bag of ground coffee that's going to go stale in a matter of days just sitting underneath your pantry or in a cupboard. All right, so the first thing is a coffee grinder, most important. If you don't have a good coffee grinder and you don't have good coffee beans, your cup of coffee isn't going to taste good. If you have those two things, you are well on your way to getting a great cup of coffee. And I'll say this, if you have a great coffee grinder and quality beans and then you decide to use a coffee pot rather than the next things I'm going to describe, just a typical automatic coffee pot, you're still going to get a pretty dang good cup of coffee, all right? So those two first two things are vitally important. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about, number three, is a way to brew, a brew method, and filters for that brew method. There are a couple different types of drip, of manual drip brewing methods or, uh, or brewing techniques, if you want to call them that. Of course, we've got the coffee pot, which I've already talked about. It's an automatic way to brew drip coffee. However, it gets a lot of things wrong, a lot of basics wrong that makes it so that you're not getting the best cup for the type of beans and the grind that you're using. I'm going to say uh, there are a few main things I would recommend. They're called pour-over cones. And uh, all that means is it's a, it's a plastic or ceramic or glass cone that goes on top of your coffee mug or onto your, the container, the craft that's going to catch the brewed coffee below. And then a filter goes inside of that cone. The ground coffee goes inside the filter, and then you pour hot water over the bed of coffee. The filter strains it, and it drips down into the container below. So there are a few main pour-over cones that I would recommend. There's the Kalita Wave, the Hario V60, and the Chemex. The Chemex is a glass vessel and cone all in one, and it dates back to about the 70s, so it has this real nice classic feel to it, and those things last forever. The Hario V60 is probably the most temperamental of those three that I just mentioned. It can produce an amazing cup of coffee, but if you get the basics wrong or you don't get how you're extracting the coffee just right, the right temperature of water, the right pour pattern, etc., then the coffee's not going to be quite up to par with what you might expect. And then the Kalita Wave, which is kind of in between the two. So Chemex is Pretty, it's pretty easy to make a great cup of coffee with a Chemex. Hario V60 is a little bit more wily. The Kalita Wave is somewhere in between those two. And there's many other pour-over cones. I don't say those three are the best, but I would say those three are some of the most frequently used pour-over cones and kind of time-tested. They're great. 
There are other types of hybrid drip brewers um, that are sometimes called immersion hybrid brewers, like the Clever Coffee Drip Brewer, which kind of uses a uh, immersion technique with a stopper at the bottom to let the coffee extract a little bit longer. And then when you put the cone on top of your cup, it allows the stopper lets up and allows the coffee to pour through. I use the Clever for a long time. It's great. And then the final type of drip coffee that I'm going to recommend, which is also sort of an immersion process, is the AeroPress. And I'm going to talk about the AeroPress a lot more in future episodes of the podcast. But if you want to learn more about it, check it out. The AeroPress is great and probably the cheapest way to brew high-quality coffee that is very close to what you're going to find in in a drip format. It's not a cone, but it is its own type of coffee a maker that is completely unique and wonderful. So that's number three, is you're going to want a way to brew and the correct filters to go with those. Each of the types of pour-over cones I mentioned have their own types of filters that go with them, and uh, you can find all those on Amazon, or a lot of times local coffee shops will carry uh, pour-over cones and the filters that, that uh, complement them. So, coffee grinder, quality beans, a way to brew and the filters. Number four is you're going to want a hot water kettle. Personally, I prefer using an electric kettle, the type of kettle that you can plug into the wall, put water inside, and then kind of hit a button, and it's going to make the coffee boil, or there are also variable temperature ones where you can set the temperature, and it'll make the water rise to that temperature and then stop. Those are electric. You can, of course, use a stovetop, just a kettle that goes right onto your electric or gas stove and then boils the water. As I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend the uh, electric variable. A little bit more expensive online, but at the end of the day, it's gonna save you uh, quite, a bit of, quite a bit of a headache when it comes to brewing coffee. You can sort of hit the right temperature and then forget about it, not have to worry about any, anything else when it comes to the hot water. Um, the other thing I'm gonna recommend is that you get a gooseneck kettle. Now there are electric or excuse me, electric variable temperature gooseneck kettles that you can buy online. I think Bonavita makes the most frequently used one and the highest rated probably as well. All gooseneck means is a thin pour spout that allows you to more easily control where your hot water is going while you're brewing the coffee, while you're pouring the coffee over the bed of, or excuse me, while you're pouring the water over the bed of ground coffee. Goose, gooseneck kettles make it easy to control that stream. So what I do is early on I bought just a typical electric kettle, water, hot water kettle. I used that without a gooseneck piece for a long time. I just straight up poured it on. And then I decided I wanted to get a gooseneck kettle. So I bought the, the Hario gooseneck kettle and now I just use my electric water heater to hot, heat the water and then I put it into the gooseneck kettle. And that allows me to uh, brew my coffee that way. So you can buy something that's an all-in-one or you can buy a couple pieces and sort of combine them like I do. You're going to want that hot water kettle one way or another. That's number four. Number five. Now this one is probably interchangeable with number four as far as uh, importance, especially when you get into a little bit of the higher the higher tiers of making coffee, if you will, or the more advanced uh, coffee I don't know, coffee experiences, once you're prepared for the next step, maybe that's a better way to put it, you're certainly going to want to have this. But for beginners, it's something that I would say if you're if you're going out and buying all new stuff, this is probably something that can wait for a little bit, a couple months maybe while you get used to the basics. But it is a kitchen scale. 
And kitchen scale, you're gonna want a kitchen scale that reads down to at least the tenths place. That's tenths as in one decimal point. But if you can have one that gets down to the hundredths, that is also great. So the more accurate, the better. You're gonna want something that reads in grams or that has the option to read in grams because most coffee brewing recipes out there tell you the amount of coffee and water that you need in grams. So it just makes it easier. You don't have to convert as much. Some people may disagree with me and say kitchen scale is the first thing you're going to want to buy, but I would say that it's more important to have a great grinder and quality beans before you spend a bunch of money on a really high quality kitchen scale. And keep in mind, kitchen scales, you don't need something crazy. You just need something that reads in grams and that is fairly accurate. So you can find good kitchen scales on Amazon for 20 to 30 bucks easily. Whereas a, a coffee grinder is going to set you back, you know, a, a high quality electric burr grinder could set you back as much as 200 to $300. There are, of course, cheaper ones, but as I said, what you get is what you pay for. That is number five. So just to reflect, the five things you're going to want to have in order to brew coffee at home, a great coffee grinder, whether that is an electric or manual burr grinder, you don't want to get a blade grinder. Number two is high-quality beans. Beans roasted locally or uh, shipped within a couple days after roasting are preferred. And remember, you've got once you get those fresh roasted beans, you've got about three weeks to make the most of them before they start going stale. Number three is a way to brew coffee and filters to go with that. So that could be a pour-over cone like the Kalita Wave, the Hario V60, or the Chemex. It could be an immersion hybrid brewer like the Clever Coffee Drip Brewer, or it could be an AeroPress which is my personal favorite. Uh, number four, you're going to want a hot water kettle. I would recommend an electric variable temperature gooseneck kettle. However, as I said earlier, you can combine, you can get a gooseneck kettle, you can get a electric kettle, and then you can sort of combine the two to uh, make what you want to make. Number five, you're going to want a kitchen scale, something fairly accurate that reads in grams. All right, now, I understand that if this is your first time hearing some of these things, that that may have been a little bit overwhelming. Those five things may have been a little bit overwhelming. If you are familiar with coffee, they, they may have been pretty basic. You, you may have already have four out of five or all five of those things. But I wanted to meet someplace. I wanted to start someplace. You know, meet in the middle between those two and have a starting point. If you don't have all five of those, you're not going to be able to make the best cup of coffee that you can make for especially if you're buying great quality beans, right? You need those five things. There are other things that will help as well that uh, I'm going to touch on a little bit later, but those five are crucial to making a great cup of home-brewed specialty coffee, um, especially when we're talking about pour-over, manual pour-over that you make in your home kitchen or I know people that do it in their office as well, whatever. You're going to save money making coffee this way. You're going to save time. And most importantly, like Will Ferrell, you're not going to have to deal with people waiting in lines at coffee shops asking the barista what goes into their smoothies. All right, that's it for this week. Now, I understand maybe if you've never brewed manual drip pour over before, those five things may sound a little bit crazy to you, but don't worry. I am coming out with a full book on coffee. It is called the... Beginner's Handbook to Excellent Coffee, and I have finished the first draft. I'm working on editing it a little bit before I launch it later this summer. 
inside of that book, I'm going to have a full laid out, laid out section on manual pour over coffee that whether you're a coffee veteran or, or you're a newbie, I think everybody's going to be able to find something in that section. So if you're interested in that, you can go to my website, boisecoffee.org, click on the book tab at the top, enter your name and email into the section at the very bottom of that page, and uh, you're going to get updates on the book and a discount when the book launches. So I would greatly appreciate it if you did that. Hey, thanks for listening to the Boise Coffee Podcast, Episode 3 on homebrewing. I've got a great thing coming up for Episode 4 next week. Uh, Nathan Smith from CoffeeNate.com has agreed to be interviewed by me. So we're going to have a little discussion later on this week about uh, brewing at home and some of the tips that he's learned from uh, you know his experiences in home brewing, whether that's manual pour over or immersion brewing or espresso. So I am stoked to interview Coffee Nate. Thanks again for listening to the Boise Coffee Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave me a review and a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm going to try to get this podcast into the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. So if you could do that for me, that would really help out. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy your coffee. I only drink artisanal lattes. This one's the Mona Lisa. This is an impressionist portrait of me. Ooh, one of my faves. It's a magic eye puzzle. You guys gotta cross your eyes to see the image. Yeah, looks like a centaur wearing a sombrero.